Hello, America, and everywhere else in the world. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Corey Has a Guest. This month, I was joined by Gary Denoya. He is a comedian. He creates amazing content on social media. He does amazing impressions. But uh, we also, apart from being funny guys and being nerdy guys, we really nerded out. We also talk a little bit about, uh, you know, self-love and growth and just being on your own journey of becoming a better version of you. And I think everybody could take something away from that. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure you will too, because like I said, it's fucking awesome. All right, guys, later. What were you nervous about? Or do you get nervous before all your podcasts? Anytime I do something, I'm always like, I, I feel like nervous is the wrong word. I feel like the word is, uh, I'm just so concerned with it being good that I, I think about all the outcomes, right? Like I think about like, this shit could suck, right? Or this shit could be, because see, the purpose of me starting Corey Has a Guest in an addendum to Corey Has a Podcast is I like that people kind of get to get to know me in a different way. But also, and it's just me, but also like bringing on people who like I could see that are doing really cool shit that I admire and bringing them on and getting people to talk about what they like, like that's fun too, you know? And if I didn't have It's tough, man, because like the, it's weird. Like as creative people, uh, like we love attention, right? Like I fucking love attention. But when it comes to like talking about myself, um, it's, it's weird. Um... Like the same way where it's like, I feel the same way, dude. So it's like, um, it, you're one of those dudes where it's like our, our paths maybe have crossed at different times at the pit. And, um, but you just kind of know, like I call them magnetos, right? So like, you're like a type of magneto. Like when Corey walks into a room, it's like, oh shit, there's magneto. And you draw people towards you. Uh, now that's no knock on all the other X-Men and all the other funny people in the world, but like some people just walk in a room and it's like, oh shit, there's, it's Beast. That's cool. He's smart shit. It's cool. It's, 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 a, it's Beast. No, but no, like, no. I get it. I get it. Like it, it is one of those things where it's like you're in the same circle with people for a long time. And uh, only, it only takes until like you're kind of out of that circle a little bit to, to sip, step back and be like, man, I wish I got to know that motherfucker better. Um, I wish I got to like hang out with him a little bit more. And, um, so those are the things that like I worry about. I don't really do podcasts that much. So it's weird to talk about yourself. Um, like, cause we're like naturally as people, right? Like, like if I tell you, like, like, I think you're special, dude. I really do. I, there's something, there's something about you where it's like, we're so like quick to not like accept a compliment. Oh right? yeah. Like you, like you, oh, you yeah. didn't even respond when I said that. I'm like, dude, well, you're a special motherfucker. And it's like, you, we're so, we're so quick. To like, we were just saying like, oh, that fear of like, if something's not good or not, like we're so quick to fucking dismiss ourselves, man. It's like the first thing, like when someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, oh, 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 shucks. It's like very rarely do we accept it and be like, you know what? Thank you. Like we're so quick to find like the things that are not good where you're like, oh, I'm worried about like how like this listen will turn out, how this interview, this, this podcast will turn out. It's like, look at the, try and look at the good things, man. It's like, this could be awesome. Like the way I was looking at it is like, I'm going to get by the end of this, no matter what, like, I don't really uh, go on that many podcasts 
at the end of the day, I'm going to get to know Corey a little bit better. And that's frankly something I've been wanting to do. Um, because in the past year plus, like we've all been getting to admire people from afar. We don't get to spend any time with each other. And it gets you kind of like amped up for like when when the the gates are open and you are allowed to see other people. It's like, oh man, these are the people I want to surround myself with. Very true. Very true. Dan, you nailed it too. I mean, even just now when you said to me, I'm special and I appreciate that. Because it's and, and I've been watching your content from afar, laughing my ass off about it and being like, This is a guy that I've been in the same room with, same circles with and we kind of like have crossed paths a bunch and never really had much time to, you know, get to know each other and just chill the way I, I did with quite a few other people, you know what I mean? So this was I was I was actually really excited to do this and I was really happy that you agreed to come on the show. Also, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh you might be wondering who that voice is, and I'll tell you who it is. It is Gary Denoya. He is he creates this amazing content. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers that I fucking wish I knew better. And now we're doing it today, live, right in front of you. So, uh, thank, get, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, bro. See, I'm a see fan. How it works. It's like it's it like like it's we're just conditioned to like uh, like shit on ourselves to where it's like now I'm even like learning to just like oh man like that that just felt really fucking good to hear because you know what. Like, I do work really hard at it, and uh, it's something I take a lot of pride in. Like, to me, it's like, it's a job. Um, like, it's a, like, it's a virtual resume for me, my Instagram. It's, it's a job, and I definitely treat it like that. And uh, it, it's, it's cool that people, like, you just, all you can do is put your head down and uh, make your shit. And it's like, it's cool when people start to notice. It really, really is. It's really fucking dope when people notice because you care about it so much. Like you think about it and you, you get inspiration throughout the day and you write know how however you do it, it's always happening and the wheels are always turning. It's nice to get recognition. I actually had a conversation last year with a friend of mine and she was talking about how weird she is at accepting people liking her content and stuff. And I was like, sometimes it's just the best thing to do is just say thank you. Just be like, somebody's like gives you a compliment, tells you how fucking great they think you are and just be like, thank you. Like, that's fine. That's not rude. I think people think that that shit is rude. And I think people are afraid to celebrate how dope they are. I actually recently was talking. I mean, especially, like, in in any creative field, right? Because, like, inherently, we are self-conscious. And uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're jealous. So we even have a hard time admitting when someone's doing something awesome um, because it's a reminder to us or a reminder to you that like, oh man, I'm not on my shit the way this person is. And it, it becomes, it becomes this cycle and it doesn't have to be that way. Like uh, we audition for something like, unless it's someone that looks like exactly like me, I don't look at anybody that we know as competition. You know, my biggest competition is man. It's fucking me. That's like, it, that, bro. That's the, that is that's it. it, man. It's like, it's, it really like all those cliche like white women signs that you find in Target, like live, laugh, love, and all that stuff. It's <laughs> as you as you get older, man, you realize like that shit is true. It really is me versus me, and um, it really is. All those cliches are true. Cliches exist for a reason. Stereotypes exist for a reason. You know, and, and it's get, speaking to that actually. So, a lot of times you do you do the uh, this dubbed over with a Philly accent and shit. 
And I always thought you were from Jersey. Are you from Philly? Dude, that's like the biggest um, compliment and misconception is is like, honestly, I've only been to Philly a few times. Um, Bro, it's but so I love the city. Um, there was a time where it's like, especially like, because I've I, I, this this is new. I've been doing like videos like anywhere from one day a week to every day for like the past three years. And like, to be honest, it's like, there's no greater oversaturation in the industry than a straight white guy in their thirties. So it's like, what, what do I, what can I do that other people don't do? So in addition to the impressions, I was like, I would start to look up regional accents for, for characters and be like, I don't really see anyone doing a Philly accent. Let me try it. And it's very difficult. And I just did one video and then, um, a friend, um, like, uh, like a pit person who's now in LA was like, wow, like, are you from there? Cause it sounds like that. And, uh, I was like, no way, dude. All right. That's fucking awesome. I fucking love you for it. Um, and you just keep going. Um, and then in the past year it's caught on so much. And I think the thing that I love so much about it is it's like, you know, if you can, like they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But I think if you can handle criticism from people in Philadelphia, you can handle criticism from fucking anyone because they're harsh, man. So the fact that they like, um, and P, I think a lot, a lot of those people think that I'm from the area. Um, it's, it's like the greatest compliment that people from that, a, a city that's notorious, notoriously a little bit harsh, that they like your stuff. Nah, man, I'm a born and raised Jersey guy. Um, Union, which is like central northish Jersey. And then I moved to Hoboken. I've been in Jersey City for like seven years. Um, so no, I'm not from the area. It's just like I take pride in it too. So like I do my research um, and all that. And it's uh, it's cool to see that like people people like it. It's like I was never expecting them to go viral. Um, but now they all kind of do, which is like, it's pretty wild. Bro, I'm telling you right now, I watch your shit and I'm laughing. That's another thing, right? Like appreciating people that are, you know, we're, we're kind of all trying to do different things in our own way and we're pursuing our dreams it's like i literally watch a lot of my friends and i'm just like fans of them and i watch your shit and i'm fucking dying bro like the you did this pitbull accent and i was just like yo this shit is spot on mr three dude it's like once again like, i'm like this like, is good so like nobody else does that so it's just like and uh, my thing with impressions, man, it's like, <clears throat> so for example, be like, hola, 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 it's Mr. 305, it's Mr. Worldwide, dolly, dolly. It's like, it, my, some of my impressions are awesome, some of them are not that great, and some of them are passable. Like, you would know who it was. And that's the cool thing about impressions, where it's like, if the voice is fucking spot on, you forgive all the other stuff. Um, if the voice isn't spot on... You have to uh, bring the mannerisms. It's because it's like a, like I look at it as like a triangle offense. It's like the voice, the mannerisms, and then ultimately what we learn in improv and sketch, like a point of view. So like when I do Vin Diesel, like Vin Diesel is actually a really smart guy, but like I I my point of view of him is I play him like he's a big fucking idiot. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it's like that's that's how my take on it. So where if it's like ah oh, he doesn't like a hundred percent sound like Vin Diesel, but like I totally like. You know, I get like the, I get this this guy's character. Yeah, and it com it comes through though, and I think it's like it's so funny because so many people do. You're gonna hear a Christopher Walken, right? You're gonna hear like there's a lot of you. you there were Trump, so many Donald Trumps. You know what I mean? De Niro. It's like, but, 
and putting putting yeah all those guys and and it's like which I'm sure you could fucking nail all of those things but seeing some of the ones you pick is just like kind of obscure and in a really cool way I'm like this dude like because impressions are funny to me because even if you're not telling a joke if you like nail an impression that shit is hilarious you're like yeah this person really does do that you know or sound like that or yeah you're no you're absolutely right it's like um it's fun to like even be able to i'm trying to think of like an example like at first ray liotta was just like the only thing i could really do was the laugh that was a good and one. when you're <laughs> when you're doing these 15 second videos um it allows you to like be funny enough but not long enough to the point where the the flaws and the impression can be exposed and then during the whole pandemic thing i was like you know what like let me try and do, do like let me just try and expand it because i was doing the same ones for a while and i just think like in anything like uh you got to continue to adapt and evolve so i was like i just started looking up like british actors that i like because like i'm not really good with british accents but it was just fun to like you know what let me try daniel radcliffe let me just start with that and then at first just started with hello and then like you're just <laughs> you you go from there and um yeah, it's it's just fun to not like what you were saying. Like, we we frequently prevent ourselves um, from doing the thing because what like whether you're worried about it being perfect or you don't think it's ready. Newsflash, motherfucker! Sorry if you hear trucks driving by. I live on a street corner. But yeah, newsflash, like fucking... things will never be perfect. Like I on my whiteboard of cliches, it's like my biggest thing that I have is uh, perfection over progress. Um, what you do, your podcast, my, my videos, it's no different than like, I like, I have a Mamba mentality, man. It's no different than that where it's like, was Kobe skilled? Yeah. But why was Kobe one of the greatest? Because while you were sleeping, he was on the court practicing the fadeaways. So when there's three seconds left on the clock, he doesn't even have to think about it. It's ingrained inside him to when he steps back for that fadeaway, he knows it's fucking going in. Yep. So this is our version of like. Standing at the free throw line, just shooting hoops. So, like, I, I went back the other day and looked at some of my, like, first videos from maybe, like, three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, man, these aren't – they're okay. They're not really that good. But now it's like you're, I've been doing them so long. Like, in the past three or four years, I've probably done, like, over 300 videos where it's like – That's impressive. You're just, it's just like you're just used to it where it's like that mama mentality where it's like I'm not missing. Well, the um, amount of people too that we that obviously we see come and go, people that start projects and don't finish them, and people that um, kind of will fall off. It's it's so impressive to me to see people that just don't ever give up. I'm one of those people too. I really like if I start doing something, I'm not gonna stop doing. It. I'm gonna do it every day. I don't give a fuck if I'm sick. I'm doing it as like until I decide this is I'm gonna lay this shit to rest. I'm this is what I do. So, like, it is super admirable. And, yeah, that Mamba mentality. It's like, but why do you why do you think people give up? I think as we get older, um, like, I like I don't know. Like, I know you're younger than me. Like, I'm going to be 37 next week. Um, I think, like, the age, right, is, like, people, like, some people's priorities change. Where it's, like, some people want to start a family. Um, some people, like, it... Corey, as I'm sure you can attest to, it's like, it wears you the fuck down, man. It really does. I always thought, like, the longer you're in the game, like, the easier it gets. It gets harder. Um, 
in a sense like where like you get rejected at auditions and stuff like you become immune to that but just like the grind of like you used to get off the subway and be like i'm in new york city and now it's like you get off the subway and it's like this fucking place smells like shit yeah the shine wears off i like i rearranged my whole like work day around this audition that i'm probably not gonna fucking get and i'm doing out my lunch hour so there goes lunch and it's like you have to like it conditions you to to being okay with like constantly like being like defeated and there comes a point where it's like um you can move past that and say you know what i've had enough or you could be like i like like you're saying it's like i don't i don't have a backup plan um i don't know what else to do so it's it's like one of these things where it's you you have no other choice you have to keep going um and it's and like the uncertainty of like who like you things may never happen but i i truly do believe that if you control the things you can control where it's like you work really hard and you're just nice um because i don't think there's enough of that not only in the industry but like in in the world in general it's like um how could you ever be a dick to someone where it's like we we might look different you and I but it's like we like we all have our own personal hells that we live in every day that I don't oh, know yeah. what's going on between your ears um so I think it's important like those are the things that are important to just that work hard and be kind but like some people just like you know you like how much shit can you keep eating like um for example a lot of a lot of us work in the restaurant industry. Have you ever worked in the restaurant industry? Yeah, I definitely have. Okay, so it's like it's so funny that like that and a like creative career, it's symbiotic where it's like uh, acting it's like rejection all the time. In the restaurant industry, it's you are conditioned to being treated like shit. And not only that, like being okay with it, not just from the customers, but from the managers that like to like deal with like that quick money but then all the bullshit that comes with it like I, I i haven't had a job since the beginning of the pandemic um restaurant job and since like i've been out of it like you definitely realize there is some serious ptsd involved and you, i know like i will fucking never go back to that because i hope people realize during all this as i'm sure you do it's like i realize that like we are worth more than we give ourselves credit for like we're oh, yeah. just so we're so good at like devaluing ourselves and so not only was I dealing with that in the restaurant industry, you deal with that in the acting comedy world. It's like there's no win. It's like like you're it, you're like those fucking like Indiana Jones shit where the walls are closing in. There's nowhere to turn because like you need something. So people will trade that in for like certain, you know, compromises, financial security, health insurance. Like we like. You know, like, like even yeah. shit as little as health insurance where it's like that can be enough to get someone out of the game where it's like I'm tired of being sick and not being able to, like, take care of myself. Yo, it's um, so true. Or hoping that nothing bad happens to you where, where it's like, that, fuck, if like if I ever got hit by a car, I'd be like, Gary, walk this shit off. <laughs> you got to walk <laughs> yeah, this yeah. shit off. Like Chris Rock said, would say one of his old sets, like put some Robitussin on it <laughs> and just fucking get back to it. It's hard, you know. It's like um, it's definitely difficult, and and with uh, doing what we do, like comes along like everybody has their own like demons, 
I think the reason why I'm like headed in the direction I'm in maybe or part like mostly is like, you know, I got clean and I kind of replaced one addiction with another. Like I'm a like, I wish I had this type of drive and dedication in my 20s. Um, so now it's like I like do what I do at such a furious pace because I'm like I'm trying to make up for lost time. Oh, absolutely. And congrats on getting clean, by the way, man. Thank you. I it's um it's a bit it's bittersweet because you you are very proud of yourself. Um, but you know what comes along with that is like there's a lot of shit you can't get back. There's a lot of bridges you burn that that you can't necessarily repair. Um, you you got you got to build build new ones. And um, going back to we what we were saying earlier, like giving yourself at least a little bit of credit to be like fuck, man, like. Like Neil Gaiman, who's um yeah I know Neil books too, yeah right? I know Neil yeah, Gaiman yeah. Sandman and all that. Oh fuck yeah, dude! It's like, and that's another reason why it's like I just like was so excited to chop it up with you because we have like such similar interests. Bro, when you said some shit about the fucking Falcon and the Winter Soldier being so important, I was like, yo, he's right. Man. We'll talk about we'll talk about we'll, that. We'll um, talk about that. But Neil Gaiman's it was like um it has this quote, and I'm probably misquoting. It's like, hell is the things you carry with you. It's not a place you go. Um, so to just like two years later be like, man, like, and the worst part of that, dude, is just like, that's how I know I'm a pretty decent actor because I was always pretending that I was okay, that there was nothing wrong with me. Like, I don't think unless I admitted it, I don't think you would like in our community or whatever, be like, oh, like he was, he was like a coke addict and like an, like, you know, an alcoholic and like. Like didn't want to like live, you know. Well, the, I mean, like, the, Gary to be fair, Gary Denoya, the, who's always got a smile on his face, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, what for were you sure. Say? I mean, it was just so it was so normal. I mean, like if you think about the community and what we're involved in, it's kind of built in to to be for like that excessive amount of drinking and drugs, and it it's just it's part of the night, right? Like it's part you did the show, and now you do the drugs. Like it's it's part of it's just so built in and everybody's doing it so it's so normal um, and not only that man like for me um the pit was kind of like college so for me i went to school at seton hall uh the first two years i was like a pre-med major i thought i wanted to be like a dermatologist but that was just to like make my you know to please your parents and then i had taken a year off and um i i took an improv class at ucb i was like oh this is awesome and then I went back to school and I saw like a poster on the wall for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I was like, oh, this movie was fun. Like, let me let me audition for it. And that's how I kind of got started. So I didn't really like college for me was like only like two years because I like made sure I like got out of there as quickly as I could. So the pit for me was college. Uh, but like, I want to tell one funny quick, quick story. Like uh, when I auditioned for this play, right? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hold on. I'm going to let my cat outside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm a cat. I'm a cat father um, as well. I three man. This one is uh. See now he doesn't want to leave. He, he's a Game of Thrones cat. His name is Sir Jorah Meowmont. And you know what's uh, crazy? As much as we like a lot of similar shit, never watched Game of Thrones. You know what? That is probably the most disappointing ending <laughs> to a show ever. So much really? so to the point where I would never rewatch it. Um. I haven't rewatched it because it's just like it's so fucking disappointing. Um, yeah, it's such a bummer. Um, but like, so this story, right? It's like they they give you like the director gives you parts to read, and then um, 
after like the break, they're like, you know what? You can read for whatever parts you want to read for. So me like fucking being stupid and cocky, I'm like, I want to read for McMurphy, which is Nicholson's part. Yeah. And at this time, I don't know shit about acting. Um, I just know that I'm like a little bit funny. Like I know that I can like the, the level one at improv UCB or whatever. It's like I knew that I could do this and like a total jerk off. Corey, I have like the, the the script in my hand, and I'm doing a fucking Jack Nicholson impression. Like I'm not acting; I'm just like basically like, all right, everybody, here's the thing: like we're in a nut house, da da da. And like, at least the director was kind enough to wait like, like three or four reads later. It's like, guys, everybody's doing a great job. Um, but I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, you know, just be yourself. Uh, no Jack Nicholson impression. And um, that, that's kind. That's kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and then I'm like, I'm a, I totally embarrassed myself in front of all these theater people um, because Seton Hall is a small school and it's like a tight knit community. So I like felt like an out, like an outside. Seton Hall's audience. got like a basketball program too, right? That's the only thing they got, man. It's like they used to sell shirts in the bookstore, like Seton Hall football, still undefeated because they've never had a football team. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's actually so sure funny. enough, dude. <laughs> I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm getting a part in this. Like, I totally embarrass myself. I'll never fucking show up at this theater stuff again. And sure enough, I checked the like the the wall, and like I had like a small part as like, um, but a, a nice part as like one of like the like the two aides in the institution like in the play it's just only like two aides and they're both like assholes so i like like not only i got like a cool part and i get to be a part of this community um i get to play a bad guy which is my favorite thing to do because i'm you know i'm not like that and it's always fun to turn it on and and play a badass so that's kind of like what got it started so pit for me was college going back to what we were saying or it's like like some of my like my best friends I've met there so you're saying like when it's like the show's over you celebrate you keep the party going um and it, like I would so there would be some nights where it'd be like I'd be there every fucking night until last call oh same and, same here. Um, you know it's like uh, like we used to like Langston and I used to uh, like uh hosted that jam on Monday nights bass jam whereas like I still to this day say it's the, it was the best jam that's ever that there ever bass jam was a fun jam I've done bass jam, dude. Before. It was like a fucking party. Um, yeah, it was on a Monday night, and now it's like like I'm in bed by like the time that used to start. Um, so it's like like all that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's you can't be too hard on yourself because I feel like everything in life we need to get that shit out of our system. Oh yeah, for I sure. I needed I needed to get like all that partying out of my system, kind of being an asshole out of my system. Because when you get clean, you can look back on it and be like, if you don't learn anything from it, then you're fucked. But if, if you can, like, always anything in life, come away from it with a lesson, that's why it's like winning is great. But I think losing is so important because it teaches you how to win. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I don't it think everybody realize, like, people, like, will just take an L and it's like, no, there's, like, there's a reason why it's called an L. Because, like, the loss is, like, there's a fucking lesson. Um, so I don't know how we got sidetracked with that, but like, yeah, it's, um, it was college for me. So it's, it's like, not only that, but when you combine it with what's even worse, fucking everywhere, man, these cars, um, <laughs> no worries, no worries. But like, you're like, 
uh, you're like the one uh, that we were talking about. You're uh, I forget the gentleman's name, like um, the podcast, like the one where you, I had reached out to you about how much I liked it. Oh, you guys were like, yeah, that that comes with the territory of living in the hood where it's just like there's noise. There's noise everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, is there an industry more incestuous and more chaotic when it comes to like drugs and alcohol than the service industry? Probably not. I mean, like, because, again, you said and it, it's also symbiotic with um, entertainment service industry, even retail, you know, like all that shit is, again, you're accustomed to to being talked down to you're accustomed to feeling like pressure and stress from management you're accustomed to being treated like the help by customers and then you go and you do your entertainment shit which is your you you know you got your shit that pays your bills and then it's like but this is what i really want to do and especially in your early 20s and mid 20s you're like well I'm all, this is also a big fucking party you know, so and you take yeah. advantage of that as well because you you're in the daytime you're getting kind of shat on all day at work. It's like you know well, not what? only that, dude. It's like where I, what, like my last restaurant job, which I actually liked, um, because after I like um, I got clean, I actually got fired from this job. So like uh, this was like my rock bottom, uh, and I don't have a problem telling it. Um, so this place I worked at in Chelsea was like the wild west as far as i've never met some servers that are like this wild that that are like have a good shift dude and they're dropping molly at like five o'clock um so i would get tuned up sometimes because it's like that's how you deal with it right um and there was a film producer not that well known i was taking care of them it was the end of the night treating me like a total trash person like 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 servant not server so i'm like you know fuck this guy i start ordering drinks on, on his table so I'm already tuned up and there's this guy at the bar like causing a scene won't pay his tab and he starts getting aggressive and like borderline violent so my manager is about like five feet tall and she tries to get involved and he like lunges after her so I'm already like a little high a little drunk because I would go in the bathroom and do like you know key bumps just to like keep like like put your game face on because that's how much I hated waiting tables is I had to like numb myself to do it. So anyways, I lose my temper and I start yelling at the guy and I like, you know, I, I kind of like back him up against the wall and cops come arrest him. And the worst part about all this, right, is like, you want to know how much, this is why I hate the industry. Yeah, this guy's tab was $10. Just like fucking let the guy go. Um, so that's neither here nor there. But this restaurant was the type of place where the guy who owned it was a chef and he lived there, man. He would check his security cameras all the time because he didn't trust anyone rightfully so so he's reviewing the security footage um from the night before and i after i get out that night my friends and i like went to the restaurant next door just fucking blown like just getting high all night um and i saw him sleeping all day and i get a phone call from the, the bartender and he's like panicking he's like dude we're fucking done i just got fired i'm like what are you talking about he's like uh frank saw security footage he saw me making you drinks and then giving you more drinks after um i'm just giving you a heads up like they're gonna fire you so i don't get any notice or anything like that like where it's like nobody tells me that but i go in and i see one server who's not on the schedule um she's there so i'm like it's and i'm walking down to my locker and it's almost like that scene from tommy and goodfellas Except oh, he thinks yeah. he's getting. Ex, he thinks he's getting he, made. He thinks he's getting made, but I yeah. knew 
I knew like I was getting whack right there. Um, but it was like the worst moment of my life because it's my like the two managers, the owner, and they're watching the security footage as I'm walking in. And I look like such a fiend, right? I thought I, I beat the blind spot of the camera. I'm like crouched down like a fucking jerk off, just like drinking this tequila. And they just look at me and I, I'm looking at them and I'm like, you're defenseless. You don't have anything to say. And this guy was like, clean your locker. Get the fuck out of here. You're a thief. You're a piece of shit. And you have no fucking character. And Corey, Yikes. I was so, I was, dude, I was so fucking mad. Because he was right. He was yeah. right. At that time, I was, at that point in time, I was so far gone where, like, I didn't even recognize who I was when I would look in the mirror anymore, you know? And it was deflating because, like, my work ethic in comedy, it's, it's the same as in life. Like, even, like, no matter what I do, even if I'm mopping a floor, like, I, my work ethic is, like, you know, in the kitchen, like, guys used to call me El Blanquito Mexicano. Like, you know, like, I fucking yeah, yeah, hustle, yeah. man. And I'd never been fired before. And, like, after I walked out, like, I'm just, like, walking to the path train, just, like, fucking, you know, crying. And your, your first in instinct is, all right, I'm going to go cop a bag. Uh, and I'm going to go grab some drinks and just, you know, f try and forget about it. And then, like, uh, I got off the subway and I'm like, Gary, like, no more. Like, this, if this, like, and I've had, dude, I had warning signs before, uh, but this was, like, I've never, like, lost, like, I, I was able to handle my addiction and still pay my bills, pay my rent, all that stuff. Take care of what I need to take care of, which is the worst part of it because it makes you think you're in control of it. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. This it makes the first you feel time like, it's like it's not interfering with your professional life, so why is it a problem? Yeah, and, and granted, it was interfering in my professional life. I would be high at shows and stuff. Um and not even because, like, some people do that shit because they think it makes them funny. It's just, like, even, I was just so depressed. And, like, my addiction was so far gone at that point where it was, like, I wasn't even, even excited to get on stage. I was just, it was more of, like, an obligation. So, it like, once again, you're just trying to fucking not feel all the shit you're feeling. So, I just, like, that day, like, two years ago, I was, like, no fucking more. And um, to go back to, like, so I, the job that I got, I was, like, I can't work at night anymore. I can't do it because that has something to do with it. And I got a job at this place where I work breakfast and lunch at a really like a uh, nice place in the financial district. And a lot of famous people eat there. So like one of my things, Cor, I always kind of get off track and just like an improv, but I always know how to like come back to the beat. I love that. It's good. I love that. It's good. I'm I'm intrigued anyway. I won't say, like, so you're waiting on famous people all the time. Uh, some of them are nice. Uh, a couple of them are incredible assholes. Um, but they're like, and this happened, like, maybe a month or so before I lost my job. And I'm not going to say the actress's name because I, like, I genuinely, like, want to work with her one day. And, I, and just, she wasn't mean by any chance. Uh, I just, this was just the first time that I was just such a fan where I was like, I don't, you, you know, they don't want to be bothered. And you don't want to, like, you know, you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. But like this time I was like, and she was there with her husband. I was like, hey, I just want to say I'm really big fans of you both. And uh, I have no problem being vulnerable like anymore. Like once you get sober, it's like if you can get through that, you, what like nothing else scares. So I was like, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm having a really terrible day today um, where I'm like questioning kind of like if I should still be pursuing a career in acting. 
And seeing the both of you here, I feel like, is just some sort of sign. Um, and, like, you guys are being so nice to me. Uh, it just, you know, gives me the energy. I feel like, you know, it, I, like, thank you. Because you, whether you realize or not, you pick me up. And she's like, that's really, you know, like, thank you for saying that. Just keep working hard. Keep doing your thing. Things are going to work out. But can you please check on our salads? Because we have somewhere that we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> so legit. And it's so, so like, and that is like the, like, it just like both of those industries in a nutshell where it was like, she wasn't, they weren't being dismissive to me at all. Um, they were very nice. But at the end of the day, it's like, you still ain't shit. It's like, like, that's your job. It's like, and you forget that. So it's like being put in your place in both industries you know oh absolutely absolutely there's this Royce to 5'9 song and um, and he says he has this line he says he says always be professional it's like at the end of the day no matter what you're doing like you said you treat your you treat all your content and everything that you create you treat it like a job because it is your job right and eventually maybe you will be able to live off of it and so then you got to keep grinding but it's like sometimes we have these moments where we like let our guard down for a moment and we're just like this kind of doesn't feel like work so i'm not gonna treat it like work or act like it's work and then sometimes reality will just like slap you in the face again like hey wake up give me my fucking salad you know yeah give me my fucking grilled chicken salad (laughs) it's yeah man it's um but you know what it's still at the end of the day I think it's uh, it's a terrible thing to walk through life with your guard up. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, like the traumas that we go through, um, like you build those walls up. You, you do. And um, that's how you become like you isolate yourself and you start second guessing yourself. Like no one like no one will ever be meaner to you than you will be to yourself. Yeah, if that makes any sense. No, 100 so percent. It's like, it really is finding that balancing act of like, all right, I'm going to show you my cards, not all of them. Um, because when I've showed you all people, all my cards, uh, they don't like the hand. Uh, but what I have learned now that I I've been finding helps me comedy wise, um, is that like, once again, that like cliche shit is true. It's like, it's the first book they give you when you take improv, like truth and comedy. It's like, yeah, I've been finding the more truthful I've been being about myself or injecting myself like into the sketches, characters, things like that, that I do. I find it's more relatable with other people, which is why, you know, all there's all these followers and people sharing it and, and stuff like that. Cause it's like, Oh, like I, I can relate to that. Yeah, well, people um, like that. People like your truth because the thing is, people are interesting. People just watch so many other people who have done things before them and think they have to do it like them. It's like, no, your story itself is actually really fucking interesting. The shit that happened to you that you think no one wants to hear about, or you think people won't like, people won't give a shit because it doesn't sound like something that's already out there in the fucking ethos. It's like, no, like your story is unique, and it's and people want to hear about it too. People want to see yeah, your, dude. Like your going style. back to like going back to like what you're saying, like before, just like how quick we are to just dismiss ourselves, like we're we think we're alone um, all the time, and it's like no, you're like you are absolutely not. Which is why it's like I'm a huge advocate of like you know I was uh, I hope you didn't miss it because it was fucking amazing. It was on versus. It was uh, Red Man versus Method Man. You know I didn't see that one. Oh, dude, it was like. 
uh, like DJ Scratch too. He was like on fire, but like they were they were talking about DMX, and like Meth started getting emotional because like uh, Redman said it was like he was the only person to do songs with I think Tupac, Biggie, and uh, DMX, and he's like you know give me my fucking roses while I'm still here because. Yeah. Very often in life, we don't learn these things until it's too late. So that's why it's like when I think someone's dope or like I, I like what people are doing or I see someone doubt themselves because like there's nothing like uh, of a bigger turnoff when you see someone you believe in. Like just like post like something negative about themselves. And it's like that fine line, right? Because it's like you want to like be like, no, it's like you're not like don't don't feel that way. But you can't tell people to feel how they're feeling, and you know what it's like to feel that way. Uh, yeah. So finding the, like finding that fucking balance, man. So it's like you have to let people know um, that you care about them and that they're doing a good job because you never know. Someone could be like, you know, that like that that dude, that guy that got just got fired at his restaurant job and like is having the worst day, and all it takes is like someone to say something nice. Uh, to like totally change your change your shit up. Yo, absolutely, bro. I, I say it all the time. I feel like it's our duty, especially if you're in a good place mentally and emotionally. It's our duty to share that, and because people need to hear good things, people need to be reminded. Sometimes you don't know what people's struggles are. Like you said, hell is the shit you carry with you. Like Neil Gaiman said, you know, uh, you don't know what people are walking around with. I actually um, haven't. I was always one of those people that was at the pit every fucking night and at Pioneers every night, too. And I would just get, like, blackout drunk at least <laughs> at least fucking six nights a week, you know? And there was a couple of moments for me where I had gotten sent home from work or my drinking had uh, damaged a lot of relationships with friends and people I was romantically involved with and things like that. And I had this really stupid thing I would say, like, if I'm going to be with someone, they need to accept that I like to do this. And it's like, yo, if if someone accepts that I like to do this to myself all the time, I shouldn't be with that fucking person. That person doesn't really care about me. And Yeah, I, dude, it's like, um, it is like what you were just saying. That's like, that sounds like an enabler. It is <laughs> you know an enabler. I, I mean, it's like and an, I haven't an had, accomplice. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure what you love about your wife is it's like, uh, which is what I love about mine is like, if I'm fucking up, I'm going to know about it. Um, like, I like the truth. I like someone that pushes me to to be better. Yeah. And there comes a point, too, where it's like, um, you either, like, you push, like, you do push back. Um, but then, like, you realize, like, oh, this person is just doing this because they care for me. And, dude, I totally... Um, know what you like that experience is like where there are plenty of damp, uh, relationships I've damaged um, especially in, in dating scenarios um, oh yeah where it's like the it's the worst feeling in the world because um, you you can try and apologize but it doesn't change what happened you don't forgive yourself for what you did but that person you know that sh they won't care because they're because they're all they're doing is processing the way that you hurt them, For and sure. then you learn to be like, kind of like come to it like uh, find peace in the fact that like you know I can't forgive myself for this shit. All I can do is try and make amends, 
And if that doesn't work out, like all you can do, like you can't change your past. Just well, like forgiving you know? yourself is, is is super difficult too. And I feel like depending on who you are, what bothers you, you're gonna carry. Like I carry shit around. Like if I know I've wronged someone that I care about, I'll carry that shit around until I'm f- like. I don't. I never know necessarily when I'm gonna get over it, but it'll just live in my mind for a while, until I'm finally. Oh, like, dude! Edit. It's like I have like a TikTok mansion full of like all that shit in my head. Um, like I like there's some shit I haven't let go from like high school. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And it's like, especially things, like that. I Italian wish I could sit American down. And... Gr- what were you gonna say? You wish you could sit down and what? No, I wish I could sit down and talk to some of those people from back then and just be like, hey, man, listen, there was a different yeah, time in my um, life, and I'm sorry. And you, uh, you know what's so funny, dude? Like, um, And it's like, this is where it's like, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, I was running errands this morning, and I'm, you know, standing outside smoking a cigarette, and I can see from the brim of my hat someone walking towards me, and it was someone that I was shitty to and, like, totally ruined our friendship. And this person lives across the street from me. And like part of you just wants to be like, oh, like you just want to like, like, oh, that was that was you. Like you want to be like, fuck, like, you know, I just want you to know how sorry I still am and like how terrible like it's uh, like it's still like guilt has an appetite, man. And that shit will eat you up. Um, and that's where forgiveness, forgiving yourself kind of like is like, like the that. Rolades to that. It's like the Rolades or like the like the the Tums or what have you. I'm like, you know, I have reached out in the past before um, to no answer. But it's like, that's all, that's all I can do. And it's like, fuck, I fucked that up. But once again, we're saying got to learn from it so that you don't do things like that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's like, that's where it's like with, um, when anyone, like whether it's comedy or otherwise, like these, these guys like fuck up big time. Um, they never take accountability. It's like, right. It's like, I'm going to disappear for a year and then I'll come back and then maybe everyone kind of forgets about it. Um, like, and this is, you know, I don't like who, I don't want to run away from shit. I did that. I've done that for so long. It's like, if I see like the problem, I'm fucking running at you like juggernaut style with my head down. Like I want to, you're the fucking juggernaut. Yeah, man. You are bro. And, 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 and that's the thing, right? And that's why the Magneto conversation, it's like, that's why I, I feel like I was kind of drawn to, to you in that way. You know, like I was curious because i could sense that you can sense it like they say like real recognize real you know what i mean it's so funny like in telling stories of, of, of things that are, like not your proudest moment uh last year i turned 31 and my wife and i have the same birthday and uh this is this was like towards the this like kind of like pushed me further into the direction of making a decision I recently made to stop drinking actually it's been about six months oh you have yeah it's been congratulations I actually quit smoking last year too but uh thank you um how do you feel I feel fantastic man I enough mentally I feel better there was no weight loss goal or uh I feel like it was mostly just the way I felt about myself that was really getting and and it's like I had to ask myself like what am I waiting for a fucking Am I waiting for something crazy to happen for me to go, okay, now I need to stop? You know what I mean? So just like things were just happening too close together. Like, so I got this fucking, so it was my birthday. And my wife was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, 
I want to get as drunk as I fucking want. It was in September. I want, I want to get as drunk right. as I want without anybody saying anything about it. And realistically, read between the lines. It's right. Like, I don't want you to bother me about how fucking wasted I plan on being in front of our friends and family. Yeah. Right. And I was just obnoxious and rude and yelling, yelled at my wife in front of people and shit because I drank a full bottle of tequila straight up on the rocks by myself Espelone. And, uh, I mean, it's like, dude, I miss that shit so much. Cause like, I've like my alcoholism got to the point where it's like, I would order things double neat, but like throw them back like shots. Yeah. Especially, especially tequila and mezcal, man. Yeah. It's, it's easy, you know? And, and it's just like, and I was like, and I'm yelling at my wife, it's her birthday too, you know? And I'm just like, why did I, why did I only want to just be able to do this without consequences? Right. Like, and then I started just really reflecting on, and then after that, there was just like a couple up until November, just, I was still doing it, you know, still coming home and just getting worse and worse. And I think, like, I think COVID and being in quarantine kind of really made a lot of people look at themselves in a way where it was just like, yo man like you you kind of got to look at yourself through a different lens because you weren't distracted by having to be in your regular grind of going to work and coming home and getting ready for the next day and showing up to wherever your extracurricular activities are and popping into your local bar and seeing all your friends like you were like oh i just sit here and knock back a fucking case of beer every fucking night and I'm, what am I celebrating? You know, and it's like I've been doing this yeah. for a long, a long time. And uh, so when you when I saw that your thing about being two years sober today, I was really, it, I was really touched by it because I just thought like, yo, man, people, especially people that like you used to party with and hang out with, and you still have good relationships with them. It's like, it's sometimes it's hard for other people to like let that era go, even if it's for the better. Like the I peaked in high school type of situation. Yeah, it's like you can do that and that's cool. But like for me, like you said, like you don't know what's going on between my ears. So this is actually a decision that's that's better for me. I'm, dude, I'm so proud of you that you it, like you were self-aware to learn that um, because like I unfortunately had to learn the hard way. Like, but dude, the thing about being a drug addict is it, like it wasn't even about like most of the time when I was getting high, it wasn't with people in my circle. I was getting high with fucking strangers. Oh, yeah. Um, people that, like, I had no idea who they were, nothing about them. Um, I have endless numbers in my phone of people that I don't know. Um, just, like, all all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, like, so you were saying where it's, like, that's the worst feeling, right? It's, like, not only are it's, like, am I doing this to myself? You're doing it to the person that... that you're doing it to your best friend, to your to your wife, to your to your yeah. queen. It's so and it's like, easier. It's easier to treat your your people you love like shit. It's way easier. Yeah, dude. Like my like my wife, she has stuck with me more like when she shouldn't have. Um, more than enough reasons to like walk away. Um, and it's great because like I don't like need to like walk around with a compass. Like my fucking true north is in my bed next to me. Yeah. So like uh, one one funny story. Um, I mean, at the like, it's kind of fucked up, but it is. It's funny now looking back at it. So like, I used to do this routinely, man. Like, I would uh, get back from the city, cop another bag, um, 
get like weight like belligerently like coked out to the point where I would have to just like do laps walking around Jersey City to like be able to like come down and go home. So I would routinely come home at five, six in the morning. My wife would be worried that I was dead or something like that. And one night she calls me, it's like two. She's like, Gary, where the fuck are you? And I was outside about to come up, but I saw this black cat, this cute little cat. We love cats, right? So I'm like, all right, listen, listen, listen. I see this fucking cat. Um, but it, you know, if I can find, if I can catch it, it's a stray cat. Can I bring it upstairs? Can we like keep? She's like, whatever, just just come home, like three, three thirty. Gary, where the fuck are you? I'm like, I can't catch this thing. It's just like every time I'm about to get it, it just keeps going away. Gotta go. So like, it's like five thirty finally, right? And I come in, and she's like, dude, where the fuck were you? And I'm like, Mare, I did, like I really tried. I just couldn't catch this cat. But like, look, like I'm not lying to you. I swear to God, I'm not lying. I wasn't doing anything bad. I was really trying to rescue this cat. Look, here's here's my phone. It was on. It's on video. And she's like half awake. Obviously, she's looking at the phone. And she's like, Gary, this isn't a this isn't a cat. You've been chasing around a black plastic bag all night. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Get your ass on the couch. Go to fucking sleep, and we'll talk tomorrow. And dude, I'm looking at it. And I was chasing around a black plastic bag all night, thinking it was a fucking cat, man. Bro, man. Yeah. And even still, I didn't. Even still, dude, I didn't learn my lesson, because it's like when when you are like, and that's the the fucking like thing with addiction or even drinking. It's like when you think you have a control on it, you're not. It's like you're walking on a tightrope, but it's not tightrope. It's a tightrope made of fucking dental floss. Yep. You know what I mean? And 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 so you can you can flip the story in your mind. To be like, I mean, that's kind of funny, right? And it is funny. It is funny. It's funny when you go the next day and you tell the story to your friends and you're like, yo, this shit is fucking, this is what happened. And you're all laughing about it while you're doing it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, it's messed up stuff. Uh, but like, I like to segue and I guess like, was all, all of this heady stuff, like, because um, we've been chopping it up for a little bit. Like, we got to at least talk about comics at some point. We really, we really like, do. I, I we, keep, we should get into it. referring to... I keep referring to Juggernaut. So, like, I, like, what is your... And he's not even... Like, Magneto is certainly my favorite uh, villain. Um, like, who, like, who is your favorite villain? And then, like, we'll talk about, like... Like, I'm just curious to find out who your favorite, like, heroes and villains are. Because I feel like that, you know, tells you a bit about a person. My favorite villain. Damn. I kind of... In, in Marvel? It could be... Yeah, whatever. You know it's it's really weird because I never really thought about my favorite villain. I really like what the MCU did with Thanos. You know, I thought I liked how he kind of came in and just had this objective and nothing was gonna stop him. Because I always gravitate to that person who's like just fucking unstoppable. Like it literally took, like they had to jump him and it was still hard. You know, but not um, only that, but like it, it, like it makes for a compelling villain, like because he genuinely believes that yeah. what he's doing is right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was. It's like, is he? I mean, you could be on that side of the argument, and I think that's beautiful because how difficult it is is it to have a conversation with somebody who has a different opinion than you, and they like. Well, this is where we're at now, right now. Uh, sorry to interrupt you in, in society, right? It's like. You can't have discourse with someone and like a friendly argument or like disagree and like just have a debate. If it's like, 
if someone has an opinion or if I have an opinion that you don't agree with, it's like, fuck you, you're done, you're, you're a shit person, um, like all that stuff. And like, like just the extremism in which people react. Um, and granted, like we're still in a pandemic. So like everything, uh, emotions, tension, all that stuff is heightened. Oh yeah. But still it's like, yeah, like being able to see, like, I think that's how you're, you become a good listener and a good friend. It's like seeing things from different points of view. Like my best friend, like we are the total opposite opinion wise, um, what we like, um, careers, all that stuff. But that's what I like. We appreciate is when you can appreciate, like even the things that are different about someone that you might not necessarily agree with. That's part of what makes them them. Yeah, that's part of what makes them them. And and honestly, that's part of maturity. Like being able to go, I don't have to agree with that, but I I don't feel any differently towards you. I mean, like unless you started saying that you are gonna fucking just start walking around kicking pregnant women in the stomach just because they're pregnant. <laughs> I mean, that's extreme, but you know what I mean? Like, if you just have a different opinion than me, whatever, man, that's cool. I'm not mad at you. I just actually, sometimes I find it even, it's interesting that you feel that way. But that's why I think Thanos was so dope because he felt like he was on his mission and he did, he, he did it. He like succeeded. And I thought that was cool. But growing up. And I didn't understand this until I got older, but I felt like Norman Osborn was a really good villain. Because I never looked at Magneto as a villain. That's that's a fair point as well. He's just, a, he's like an anti-hero, essentially. But like, probably, right? Your, our um, affinity for Norman Osborn, as I'm sure we all kind of grew up watching those cartoons on Fox. Like, that was yeah. my introduction to comics, like Spider-Man, um, X-Men. And yeah, just like, he was like a true villain, where like he was just a, a psychotic guy and like he's definitely you know like there's those good episodes and also in the comics where he's aware that like this serum has taken over his identity and who yeah. he is and like he tries to fight it but ultimately like you know that wins out and uh also he just like the goblin glider all the pumpkin bombs they were just like such a, a fucking dope array of of weapons that he had to choose from i like themes you know what i mean He's the hobgoblin. He's got these little pumpkins. He's got a whole thing. Even his glider was cool. And he was just kind of a prick, you know? He he was what a villain is supposed to be. You you get annoyed and upset when they show up. When that guy shows up to the party, you're like, oh, fuck, it's him. You know? like It's Norman Osborn. It's Norman Osborn, you know? And he was just also, he was a suit. You know what I mean? You're looking at this guy. He's a, he's a business guy. He's got money. He's fucking, like, he's just a corporate asshole. And that's why I think he's... I, th- I think he's a great bad guy. I like that. All right. On the flip side, like, um, what are what are some of your favorite um, comic book characters that are heroes? I have always been a huge Spider Man guy. I've always been a huge Spider Man guy uh, because, like, we had the cartoon growing up, and yeah. um, that was cool. Um, I also. You know what's funny? I didn't actually appreciate Captain America until the MCU, what they did with him. I thought they made him way more interesting because I, I never really, he wasn't really like, in our time, I feel like he was kind of, kind of boring, you know? And then they made Well, him- he's like, he's like a guy that's been frozen in ice for, for 70 years. So his like opinion on things and his values are that of a, of our grandparents, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like 
the definition of old school. So Spider-Man was always my guy. And um, I just liked his story. I liked that he... Because, you know, I, I kind of always wanted to see, like, all right, he's he's got... The, he's young. He's got these powers all of a sudden. He's got, a, he's got people that he cares about. So he's got to have a secret identity to protect his family. He's in love with this girl, but his relationship's never going to... All that, like, unrequited shit that was happening with Peter Parker... I just uh well also I just like that right which great great about him is just like the duality of like here he is is like this superhero that that is like fucking has got spidey sense and all this stuff and it's like but he's still just a kid in high school that like really doesn't have that much confidence like all of his insecurities are no different than like what we what we go through and that that's what I think made him so relatable as a, as a young kid um is is that like we we all feel like that except not all of us are able to fucking shoot webs out of our hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be fucking dope. Um who do you who do you like though, villain and hero? Uh like um let's see uh for villain, uh, he's like a lesser known one. I really hope he shows up in the new X-Men movies cuz I think he would be a perfect villain. Uh his name is Arcade. Okay. And he is basically like an assassin, but he and he's like a total like maniac where it's like one of those like rich guy assassins. But like his whole thing is he doesn't just kill people. Like he has like this theme park called Murder World. So he designs <laughs> these insane. death contraptions. So like could you like I just can't could, like how cool it would be is like usually like, you know, he kidnaps these guys like in the comics. So it's like the X-Men in order to save whomever it's like they gotta go through like imagine an amusement park filled with fucking like murderous weapons yeah everything like, can kill uh, you yeah it's just like a it's it's a cool thing and also like just like the whole theme park concept um is like I just think it's such a cool way to present like uh instead of like just a guy that like has knives or does whatever it's like he is like methodically trying to like kill you these ways He's almost um, almost like Jigsaw. But, it's like it's like if Jigsaw owned Action Park. Did, yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to yeah, Action except Park? Yeah, he, except he didn't need to rig anything in Action Park because it was fucking Murder World. Yeah. That place is fucking dangerous, man. For real. But that was the most you fun s- part about it was like like going on a Tarzan swing being like, I could fucking like not come out on the other side of this shit. Bro, that's so crazy. I actually had a memory. You ever have an old memory just pop into your head? And you're like, that you forgot about? Yo, when I was 10 years old, I dove into a fucking three-foot pool and banged my head so so hard on oh. the bottom. And I was like, yo, man, I could be paralyzed right now. Yeah. I mean, all the, all the time you have the, like those, those, those like, uh, flash memories. Um, but, like, yeah, like Spider-Man 2, obviously, growing up. And Gambit was, like, a big one growing Gambit's up. Gambit's cool, but man. Like, Gambit was yeah, cool. Yeah, you know what it was? It was just, like, when you're, like, a chubby like kid and it's like you don't feel cool it's like oh man here's this guy with this like Cajun accent and it was just like it was just so cool but now as I've gotten older I would say my two favorite are Daredevil and Silver Surfer I love Silver Surfer Um, too uh yeah dude just like that whole like you know uh the like responsibility of like what he does is he essentially sacrifices himself right to save his planet and his and his his lover and in doing so, he he becomes this guy's like Her- Galactus is basically like you know bitch, 
and he's grant he has all of these powers that he can literally the power cosmic he can literally do anything. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he has to like surf the skies alone, and just like what like a a, a terrible burden that is is to like be able to do all these things, but you're alone. Um, I I've, like I just find that as an adult, I just find that really cool. And with Daredevil, it's like same thing. It's like he got his he got his powers because he saved someone. And what does life do? It like blinded him for it. Um, no good deed goes like, unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. And like instead, like what does he do? Like he becomes this like badass ninja, but also he's a fucking lawyer that tries to help people um, that don't have the means to help themselves. And uh, I'm not very religious. Uh, the best way I could equate like his Catholic guilt is like white guilt. Like white, we're just guilty, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he's got um, so that guilt, that guilt of like all those things that you do weighing on your conscience and and like literally the symbolism of the scales of justice, right? Or like his two lies, uh, and like how do you balance that? Is just like really cool to me. Um, I really hope that I think he's uh, Charlie Cox is coming back to play Daredevil in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, nice. Um, th- I, I have a feeling he's going to like play his lawyer because like the second one ends uh, far from home, like where uh, J. Jonas Jameson outs him. Yeah. So like he's like, you know, I, I'm imagining that's that's where it's going to go. Like that one, I feel like. The real, like, uh, I miss, like, the two things, not, I don't miss going to movies the most. Like, two things I miss most is performing, but, like, the thing I miss hands down the most is just, like, uh, live music, being around other people. Like, I just can't imagine that shared experience, because it's going to happen in this Spider-Man movie, dude, where in one shot, it's going to be Andrew Garfield swinging, fucking Tobey Maguire swinging, Tom Holland swinging, and it's all these Spider-Men, like, that literally have been around, like, for most of our lives, like, since we were teenagers, it's like a uh, you ever see that 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 um, meme where it's Dana White, the UFC guy, and it's like superimposed, and he has this look on his face like he just nutted. Yes, and there's a, yes. there's a washing machine behind him, and it just says like the like the load is turned all the way up. <laughs> like, yes, I, that's gonna absolutely. be a, anybody who loves the MCU. It's gonna be like that, and like we've been super spoiled during this pandemic. Like, uh, WandaVision was fantastic. WandaVision was great. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, like, and then, so to come up from that, right, is, like, with uh, WandaVision, it's, like, I I was expecting Falcon and Winter Soldier to be a buddy comedy. And, God damn, was it it so much more. It is definitely, it's not, it's, like, I, like, not arguably, it's definitely the most powerful thing Marvel has done. Um, You know, everything, like, the way they handle, like, with Isaiah Bradley... And and just like the transformation of Sam Wilson from Falcon to Captain America, got fucking chills. Yeah, like, they did when, it. They like, did when it really you well. See him the first time. It's just um, it was really really cool and exci- exciting to see. Like they don't fucking miss, man. They, they really don't miss. Don't. They don't miss. It was appropriate. I actually thought Wandavision was gonna be like a House of M kind of situation, but. Uh... Yeah, they really, they really killed it, and I like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier how they touched on social issues 
I like the way they did it and it wasn't corny. It wasn't super heavy. Even like the little shit, like the kid going, oh, what's up, Black Falcon? And he's like, why? Because why am I Black Falcon? Because I'm black. Yeah, he's like, I'm fucking Captain and America. And I'm like, it, it is like. But it's real though. Re- but that's how people talk too though. Like if you go somewhere and like, oh, what's up, Black Falcon? Like I knew two kids yeah. named Rob. One was Black Rob and the other one was Rob because one was black. Like that's just how people talk. So the way they like made it so much more uh true to real life was i thought that was excellent well like dude the fucking so far for me phase four is all about mental health um wanda vision was like it's basically it was a show about grief you know that's pretty much what it was and yeah is it happening in a superhero world with all that stuff absolutely but we can totally relate to what to what that is like 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 our own personal vision or our, like our losses and how you try and put all that stuff back together whereas with you know falcon and winter soldier you're seeing not only because that's the biggest thing as an adult right you're seeing all these movies and it's like all this collateral damage it's like well fuck how are I, like i i know the superheroes are doing all this shit but it's like to live in this in this reality like the way they handled like people coming from the blip back from the blip and feeling displaced and like you know essentially like the world forgot about you and like how do those people deal with that and the PTSD that that Bucky has and and like you know I'm you're we were talking about like you're quitting drinking like me doing my thing where it's like making amends with with that and then Sam making amends with the fact that like like he does have like the, there's a reason why Steve gave him that shield he is yeah. Captain America and there are some things like whether you like you can't run away from and um it was just so cool for him to like like kind of grow in like have a coming of age moment where he grows into that it's like it was like really really inspiring also him having to like we talked about earlier um go from doubting himself and being afraid and like to believing that he actually could do it because he had to he had to get there it wasn't like bucky like being like yo man what are you doing like you can do this shit he gave it to you it was like he needed to get there on his own and it was nice to see him get there um and also like what they did with zemo too club zemo (laughs) club zemo (laughs) they did you see that they released the zemo cut no where it's like uh you know when he's dancing in the club people uh daniel Bruhl, the guy that plays him was like yeah i was improvising that and i was just like when the music was on i was just feeling it and dancing and then, like, a week later, they released, like, an extended cut where it's just him dancing in the club. That's um, actually great. I got to see that. Yeah, so, like, you like you nailed it, too. Like, with Zemo, where it's, like, it's just like uh, Thanos, where it's, like, you understand his motivations for why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Like, this is a guy that, that lost his family because of this shit. Where it's, like, there's, like, the cool thing where it's, like, not cool, but, like, where he's talking about the memorial in Sokovia. It's like, have you guys visited? Like, of course you, of course you didn't, because you, right. the like uh, the the superheroes just eat the cookies. They don't think about the crumbs that are on the floor afterwards. You know what I mean? Yep, and that's what it is. And to bring it like full circle, I mean, thinking about and, and like to bring it to today and how we are and how having a discourse with someone and we don't know what people are going through and all these things we talked about. Uh, we it, it kind of like shows you it like they did, did a really good job of illustrating how listening to someone else's perspective 
and someone else's point of view on why what their motives are it you know it kind of helped you, you we don't do it and you know showing that showing these people who are kind of like bumping heads with each other saying why they're doing what they're doing and you know they're different they, they have different uh points of view about it and just seeing them being able to come together and just fucking work together anyway like that shit's important man and and i hate i hate no you ever about to go into a group of people and you're like you know the people in this group might feel a way about something or even might feel a way about like the way you talk about something because they're offended by it or whatever and you're just like the reason why I'm like I do this or I'm like this is for my own personal reasons and it has nothing and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to fight you this is just my own like I just believe this and I feel like this it is not a personal attack against you and I I, I think Marvel did a really good job with that I think they did a great job with that in the series I mean like look at Wanda in WandaVision she I mean she you know she made mistakes and she kind of you know fucked up a whole bunch of people and had all these these people you know under her control and shit like that but she had reasons why she was doing it whether they were right or wrong i mean like people people don't just do shit for no reason well like i mean you have to put it this way right it's like imagine you lose your wife you would do anything to get her back absolutely anything and if some people might get hurt in the process then that then so be it um, yeah. But the cool thing about that is where it's like, that's why it handles all the stages of grief. Um, because she then she becomes to the acceptance that it's like she, she has to let them go. And that's the only way for all this kind of end is if she not move, you don't move on because you like you like in life, like you always keep the memory of people that you lose in your hearts. But it's like I I can't be I like I'm my my grief has now become selfish and other people are suffering because of that and it doesn't help the healing process yeah um, so yeah like all that stuff is just like they really I wish DC had like a like a Kevin uh, Feige 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 whatever you want how, however you say his name I think it is I think it is um, Feige I think you're right yeah it's like uh, he definitely like I'm we're, and we're gonna be up to our ears in Marvel stuff until we die, um, well, which is which is great, like, which is be, great. Yeah, between that and Star Wars, it's like fucking gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, so it's just cool. It's just really cool to see all this stuff and like during all this, like, because um, like like I feel like we're like we're like kind of winding down, you know. And I think this is like the important thing is I hope during this pandemic, man, like people uh entertainers and non-entertainers alike realize the importance and the value of entertainment whether it's a podcast whether it's minute long instagram videos whether it's tv shows because that has allowed us to like simultaneously escape reality and find it at the same time and let you know that like oh man i just i laughed i was entertained like like this stuff like believe it or not they're like they're little like micro doses of like serotonin to like get you through to quote prince like this crazy thing we call life oh yeah um nice prince quote only, yeah dude but like not only to value that but like to value ourselves 
Like, uh, oh, yeah. for the most part, I don't plan on ever doing anything again for free anymore as an actor. And, like, just because, like, it's like, oh, like, it pays an experience or, like, realizing your worth and that, like, um, that's my biggest hope for everybody during this, right? Is, like, that people come out of this um, holding, like, holding on to the things that they learned. And, like, you know, people will say, like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's okay to, like be not be okay and like that's cool or it's like it's okay to like uh not have learned anything during this and i that i strongly disagree with but like we were saying if i say that out loud it's like oh i don't care like am i embarrassed should i be ashamed to say that like this pandemic does suck it absolutely sucks but it's helped me it's like it's oh yeah it like i've thrived during this because I've grown more in, like, the past year, like, uh, intellectually, emotionally, um, career-wise. Like, why should I be, like, like, uh, or when anybody, like, why should people be, like, ashamed or feel guilty to express their happiness? Yeah. It's so, yo, it's it's almost, like, uh, encouraged to talk about how bummed out and sad you are all the time. When you start talking about how happy you are, people don't seem to care for it as much. Yeah. Because you know what, like this is my example for that, where it's like, skinny white girls, right? They're the fucking worst, but they are the people I feel bad for the most, because now you're seeing such body positivity, um, where uh, like plus size people posted thirst trap pictures, um, just like showing how like happy they are with themselves. The, these and then in turn, like not just skinny white girls, but like people are so fucking mean. To like in the comment section, wherever. And that just comes from like a jealousy thing, right? Like if you're a skinny, like super model white girl, it's like, oh, I've lived my whole life. I've had to adjust my whole life to being and looking perfect. Like I've had to work on this. Maybe I starve myself, do whatever. And like, I still don't feel that way about myself. I still don't feel comfortable in my own skin. When you see like these, like, like anybody that's not like that celebrating themselves the meanness comes from these people are so fucking mad that these people are just happy with who they are and and like comfortable with who they are in their own skin it eats people alive i think that's where all the meanness comes from it eats people alive that it's like fuck i've been trying my whole life to do this and it's like i still can't stand myself or i still don't feel comfortable in my skin so you know what it'll make me feel better if I fucking shit on someone else, because that kind of like fans, it kind of fans the my insecurity onto all that stuff. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's it's fucked up, man. It is fucked. You know they say like shitting on somebody else says less about them and more about you. You know what I mean? Like I don't give a but fuck. At the end I, of I, the day, you gotta wipe your ass, man. And there's a lot of people walking around with some dirty fucking asses. Some, do people walk around with dirty asses, bro? Yeah, you know, and, and at the end of the day, too. I like I operate in a way where I take care of the people around me and I show love to the people I love. I support the people I that you know that I I support the people I want to support and um nothing else that someone else does that's good for them or bad for them for that matter really offends me unless it's like in my space. It's like people really take what strangers do so personally. It's so it's it's sad. It's like a sad way to live. It, 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 you know, dude, it really, really is. And which is like why it goes back to the being nice thing. It's like, I don't have to fucking, 
there's no there's no like I know you're living in your own like little hell and like I like you just feel bad for those people and then like some people are like you where you're you're aware of like what these things that you're doing yourself right and it's like okay um I'm gonna make these changes because I know like I know what's going on or in my case it's like you almost lose everything and you like that's how you have to learn your lesson um but some people don't like you know go through life just like they never get that and it's um it's a shame it's a so, shame you know i wish those people well <laughs> i wish them yeah well. just wash wash your ass but yeah man just go wash your ass it's easy they got, they got you know <laughs> fucking but don't stick hand sanitizer in there um but no uh so gary we're 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 getting low on time but first of all i want to say thank you and i want to ask you one more question yeah what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Oh, man. Um, easy one. Something that you think about all the time. Easy one. I'll, I'll say this because this is the most recent thing in my head. Um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mark Stetson. You're friends with Mark, right? I do. Have Mark Stetson, great guy. He's a hell of a fucking human being and super talented. Anyways, he's also, he got, he's also got dreamy eyes. He does, and great eyebrows and great hair, and it's like, <laughs> you, get, you get lost in them. You know, I'm die, I'm Stetson, you're listening. I'm going to dive in those eyes next time I see you. Oh, but, yeah. Like, he, wor- he works for Mashable, and he's been doing some really great work for them, and uh, he was lucky enough to interview the cast of Coming uh, to America 2. Um, so, the first, the, right in the beginning of the interview, he's talking to Tracy Morgan, and he's like... Uh, you know, I've been doing comedy for like a little over 10 years. And Tracy Morgan's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And Mark is just like, what? He's like, do you want to do comedy? And I'm not going to fucking butcher a Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I was waiting for further. it. I was waiting for it. You know, man, I'm a big believer. Uh, like, I don't like doing impressions of uh, uh, of like non-white people. I think that is, I think, can be a little like offensive. Uh, granted, as I'm saying this, I, mean, I, if I it's, do a pit bull impression. If it's accurate. If it's like spot yeah. on, you know what I mean? Like if you sound exactly like Tracy Morgan, I couldn't get, I, you know what I mean? I couldn't see how that would be offensive. But somebody would find a way to call it offensive. So I get it. Yeah. So anyways, like the moral of the story is he says to Marcus, like, do you want to do comedy or do you want to be funny? Because anybody can do comedy, but not everybody that does comedy is actually funny. And it's so fucking true. It's so true. And he said like, and you know what, like the simple trick to just like, being funny is talk your shit tell your truth um because that is what's funny and like dude i'm gonna start doing stand-up when all this is over and even at 37 it's like it's not for me like and another thing it's never too late like the reason why i never did it and i hid behind characters and improv and sketch was because i was so always so uncomfortable about talking about the truth and talking about my life but now i'm realizing like the talking about it, even with you on a podcast or whether it's on stage, that's all part of like the healing process, man. Oh yeah, um, it's catharsis. It's absolutely cathartic. So thank you for having me on today because it's like now I, I can skip therapy this week. Um, <laughs> yes, you saved me a little bit of money, but like yeah, seriously, man, it's like um, don't think it like I hate when people are like like everyone says oh, I'm a comedian. It's like sure, but are you actually funny? Um, and the answer in most cases, unfortunately, is no. And I think part of that is because 
people could have like that funniness, but it's like comedy audiences are smart, man. They can like I can look like watch something and look in, into someone's eyes and be like, all right, I'm turning this off. You're not committing to it. This is lazy. Oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Like yeah, or this is like this doesn't like come off as, and you don't have to be talking about personal stuff, but like this doesn't come off as an honest comedy to me yeah like, if I, that makes any sense no i heard i heard bill burr say one time i love bill burr i heard him say one time uh he was like if you can tell that the person who's who's doing who's up and doing their set if you could tell that they think this sh- what they're talking about is funny, if they believe it's funny and it's real and it's true then people are gonna like that rather than anything else. like authenticity comes through right and- Absolutely. And um, there's there's different levels and, and ways to do that. And I think um, like that's where like the fearlessness comes from. Right. It's just like people don't realize the ultimate gambler in life is not someone who bets on fucking baseball games and dog races. I We gamble with our lives every fucking day. Oh, every day. You owe it to yourself to fucking get after it because... If we like, you know, thankfully I learned this shit getting sober, but it it was doubled down on during this pandemic where like how precious and how short life is and how much your mental health, your happiness is at a premium. You owe it to yourself to do this and it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be fancy. Just make sure it's funny. Make sure you learn from it. Like get your swings in. Don't be afraid to put shit out like shit out and think that someone's not going to like it newsflash you're never going to please everybody there's always be someone there will always be someone that like doesn't like what you're doing but you know who has to like it i just has to like it has to love it is you motherfucker wise words from a wise man gary thank you so much please tell my listeners where they can find you and um if you got any shows coming up, which we do have a show coming up that we're actually Dude, in together. I'm so excited for that. Um, and we'll talk when we get it off the air. Uh, cause I want to talk just like a, for a couple minutes about that, but uh, I'm only on Instagram, um, at, at paradenoia. So it's paranoia, but with a D E in the middle. So para D E N O I a, a very great, accurate great. talking about authenticity. Cause I'm always paranoid. Um, and I post stuff all the time and I, I genuinely, it's like, it's, it's good shit. And I like, there's not just like, um, like comedy videos. Like I post songs that I like every day, just shit that like, it's like looking at the inside of my head and, um, yeah. So that's where you can find me. Um, I'm doing a show on some app in a couple of weeks, assemble co. Um, but like, I'll post all that. I don't even want to talk about that right now. I'll worry about that when it comes. I'm all about eyes forward. Um, just find me on Instagram. I'm like, you can find everything you want to know there. Boom. Thank you so much. An old school sketch show is May. I don't know the date, but Corey and I are an old school sketch show. I've never got the chance to work with you before. Um, I'm chomping at the bit. Like, seriously, it's like, I like, I can't wait to like write stuff. Like I already, my wheels are turning and, um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yo, likewise, man. I actually got some ideas, and I've been like jotting notes down for the past couple of days too. So stuff that I'm laughing at to myself, which maybe I can, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But you know how that goes. But yeah, man, I'm super excited to work with you as well. And um, thank you, thanks a million for being on the show. One, one thing I gotta say, Corey. Last thing. Uh, a lot of people do podcasts. Um, I don't listen to most of them. I do listen to yours. I think what you're doing is great. 
I think there's something like very convers like like I could listen to your podcast and 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 get to like I know who you are, and I think you're doing a great job, man. Um, keep it up. It's certainly um, it is a needle in a sea of haystacks. Um, wow. And it's 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 cool to like it's cool to you help me, you know, get through my mornings. Whether I'm like clean like every morning you wake up, it's like how are their dishes in the sink again? I just did this. You know, let me pop on this podcast and I'll make it a little bit easier. So thank you for, you know, the things that you do. And I'm like, you know, this is generally, I feel like the catalyst for hopefully, you know, a friendship to where we get to like, you know, like, uh, bro out more together. Absolutely, and, um, bro. Yeah. So thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Thanks for the kind words. We'll all, we'll all see you guys soon and, uh, follow Gary on social media and, uh, stay tuned cause old school sketch shows coming soon. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people you love. We're out of here. Uh, later.